Hello and welcome to another special episode of Normandy FM back on the near replicant train. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Van Allen, joined by Kenneth Shepard. Ken, how you doing? This episode is special, you say? It's a special episode. It's always a special episode when you're here. Every day is special listener. when we are podcasting together. Or we're not doing Persona 4. That wasn't a hint. <laughs> that was... <laughs> I refuse to do Persona 4. Damn. Um, honestly, though. Honestly, though. It'd be a good season. I would it. I don't I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Mm. Is this how we're going to start this podcast episode? Is by arguing about whether we want to talk about the Persona game. Well, I mean, it, it makes for good episodes. I don't think it has to be fucking sunshiny and happy. We can be miserable for a year. I... I okay. I... We... For, for those at home, I know this has come up before. We have talked about doing the Persona games before, but number one, I feel like everyone talks about the Persona games all the time. Like, that is <laughs> such well-worn territory. And even more well-worn territory is the more recent of the Persona games, your fives and fours, and even your threes, I would say. Like, three is starting to get, now that there's a, a remake in the cards, like, everyone has kind of played three, talked about three, discussed three... Uh, I, I don't I don't know. I don't see the 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 unique appeal that that it would hold for us. Also, like of the three modern personas, I think four is the least interesting one to me. Just flat out. I, I think it is like the weakest of the bunch. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, still be good episodes. <laughs> just dunk yeah, on I'm just Teddy. Fa- <laughs> I mean, sure. That, that's content, baby. Dunk on Teddy and uh, call Atlas cowards for not mm-hmm. uh, going all the way with their story beats. Uh, mm-hmm. And then reflecting on how I would enjoy a simpler life in rural Japan. That that would be mm-hmm. the entirety of the season. Uh, and also questioning whether Atlas has something over a sister complex or not. But that's <laughs> that would also then bleed into Persona 5. And why uh, all Futaba romancers are going to jail. Sorry, I don't make the rules. It's just happening. <laughs> but uh, we're not talking about Persona today. We're talking about Near Replicant. Those of you uh, might might be a little confused. We we number one. It it's been a minute. Hi, hello. Uh, like we said before, uh, this this season's gonna be a little bit weird in terms of our podcast release schedule. Uh, we're we're trying to to adapt and such as much as we can, but. Uh, episodes are going to happen when they happen and also we took a brief break uh to talk about cyberpunk phantom liberty which ken and i both played and reviewed for our respective day jobs so if you want to head over to the the episode on the feed and check that out you can listen to that and get all our thoughts about cyberpunk phantom liberty along with uh, michael hyams michael the the lovely michael joined us to to chat about that uh, and you can head to our respective websites, uh, Destructoid and Kotaku, to read our written words about that, too. Uh, and if you want to support us, you can head to patreon.com slash normdfm, where if you want to back us and help out, just keep the lights on, you know, chip in whatever you want. If you've been enjoying the pod, feel free to do it there. Otherwise, just find us on all your podcatchers and give us five-star reviews. Only five-star reviews. Nothing else. We do not Yeah, we got to balance out that one really mean one that somebody left on iTunes. Wait, we got a mean I, one on iTunes? Uh, they said that I didn't, uh, they didn't understand why I was on the show if I didn't like Dragon Age. And I was like, honey, <laughs> you are on the wrong show. Do you think this is about us gushing about something? It's it's almost like our entire show is here to just kind of like rebuff the idea that you can only make shows about games you like. 
I, I hate I hate that. I hate when people are like, we're if, we're doing a spoiler cast. Two people who love this game talk about how much they love this game. I get that. I get why that is content. I listen to a lot of that content. However, I also really enjoy listening to people actually critically dissect a game and tear into it a little bit mm-hmm. and look at it from all angles. And that is what we yeah. try to do here. We we have had yeah. people on our seasons who don't like the games that we are playing, mm-hmm. and that's important. <laughs> Just the funniest part of it to me was they were like, oh, he's, he doesn't even seem curious about what makes Dragon Age going. I was like, my dude, I played these games a dozen times. I know I'm not some I'm not parachuting in here, friend. Yeah, yeah. You're so uncurious. You played all of them just to sate your uncuriosity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, speaking of curiosity, curious, though. Yeah. Be yeah. a replicant. Ken, before we uh, before we get too far. Uh, actually, I'll save that for the end. I'll save that for the end. Okay. Maybe that'll be how we close this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're leaving Facade. We've just wrapped things up at Facade. A pretty pretty neat town, all things considered. You know, Nier and Vice have a whole thing about the rules and how they don't like them. Uh, and But we should also be respectful of them. I like Facade as a gameplay model. It's a cool, cool little area that I think uh, really does a neat thing. It's, it's where you most feel Yoko Taro early in this, uh, in mm-hmm. this game. Uh, but we get home... Yona says she's starting to feel better after all the medicine and everything. She asks if we're going to be staying here and, you know, eh, we just got to go do some other things. There's always things to be done, you know? We, we're always <laughs> out and going around. Um, and then we start having these these strange dreams, these these weirdness. This, this weird stuff is happening where we get boys with silver and pale skin you know all, all that and, and we get the the sealed verse dream forest of myth um we get our weird dream sequence and we find out that hey yona had a weird dream sequence too and so did other people and there's some weird stuff going on with dreams seems to revolve around the forest of myth and so clearly that's where we need to head out we need to go check this out uh, so we head there, and and Ken, when you booted up near Replicant, did you expect a text adventure to be part of this video game? <laughs> so I wasn't entirely surprised by it because I like I'd played Automata before, and I know there was the point where you talked to Popola, and it just re- like recaps their entire story through text, mm, and so yes, like I remember yeah. that that was a thing that near sometimes does it, that it will just completely derail the usual way you do things to just like exist through text through the entire time i'll say now like i was initially frustrated by it just because like, it was a pain in the ass to write notes about and then eventually i was just like you know what i'm just not gonna write notes about it and we will just talk about it here but yeah i was i was not totally caught off guard when it started happening because I, I know this is something that near does mm-hmm. yeah i i forgot that number one that uh near automata does that um and you know that's that's something i'm looking forward to when we get to automata uh, is is seeing all those references that I did not understand the first time around, mm-hmm. all those ways in which the the story ties back around. Um, really, really excited for that. Uh, but also, this this section is such a. I think it's if facade is the moment where you see that they are going to play with gameplay a little bit. They're going to do some some funky things and make you think about what you're doing in in a way that an action RPG may, maybe always doesn't. Uh, mm-hmm. Forest of Myth. Uh, the death dream is kind of where they just 
straight up say we are eschewing any notion of this being a normal video game. <laughs> it's it, it feels like it feels a little bit maybe more par of par for the course for Yoko Taro now that audiences are more familiar with with his work and with his studio's mm-hmm. work. But I think even for the time, this was really different. Uh, I, I remember actually w- way back that Nier was kind of considered a cult classic at the time. I would see it on shelves and sure. stuff. I'd be like, oh, what's going on with this? And people would kind of talk about it and they talk about how frustrating it was. And, oh, it's, it's, it's a hack and slash, but it does all this other weird stuff in it. And it's kind of funny to look back on that now uh <laughs> with with uh post automata uh cuz i yeah. really do feel like automata was the game that finally got people to be mainstream open to this sort of thing uh mm. there there yeah. were sickos on board the dragon guard and near train early on right. but yeah so it's interesting that you say that and this is just the sort of feeling i had for the stuff that we played for this episode was that like for all like the cool swings that this game does end up taking there's often a lot of other moments that feel like the most video game ass filler moments, one of which we'll mm-hmm. get to today. Um, and we'll just like major whiplash to come from this to the thing that we're going to do next and just be like, Oh, right. This is, uh, this is a video game that does very conventional video game things to fill time and space. And even if it like, you know, it has like a, a grander ramification for the immediate stuff that you're doing, but it just, it's, so lacking in substance compared to something like this that is you know really taking this big swing in a way that really shakes up the core of what you're doing throughout this entire thing and then just i think that makes the moment where it just kind of falls on very standard video game tropes to i think think that makes makes them stick out even more and makes them more disappointing Mm. hmm We'll, we'll talk more. We'll, we'll talk when we get to those. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we enter the forest of myth and uh, we, we see the mayor and we also start getting more of these strange just messages as we're in here uh, about contagious words and those who dream. And uh, it, it's really hard to kind of talk about what happens here because initially we have the mayor and we start learning about what's going on, which is the death dream, which is spread around the forest of myth. And those that are cursed by it are doomed to kind of live forever in these these dream worlds that we can get sucked into. And he says if it, it spread uh, person to person, likely by spoken word, uh, and he was unable to learn more before falling to it. And Nier kind of assumes that they've caught it, but Weiss doesn't think so because they don't recall falling asleep, which I, I also think in general, this portrayal of like, what dreams are is really really interesting that's like always kind of a hard thing to portray like what a dream feels like and i do think that the death dream is a really cool representation of that sort of if you've ever had like an episode of lucid dreaming where you suddenly realize like oh i'm in a dream right now and Mm -hmm. it's a very like jarring experience um and it's it's kind of cool the way they they play with that here um so they think back on what conversation they might have had that brought them into the dream because the theory is that they would have had to talk to somebody to be brought into the dream and they can't remember what it was. Uh-huh. And we even start having fun moments of the text describing Weiss's stung pride, which, by the way, there is also like narration and text happening on top of all this. 
mm-hmm. uh, that is like narrating out what is happening and, and how the scene is playing out. And Weiss <laughs> gets mad at it and called bloated gas bag of a narrator. Um, and Nier remembers the phrase, those who dream. Mayor says that was probably the phrase. So we've been infected. The, the characters have been infected since they got here. Um, so they start trying to figure out how they're going to escape. Um, they they want to to figure out how to be free um, and be out of these dreams. And Ken, what was your experience from here? Just kind of working your way through these dreams because my so so for the folks at home i have not been replaying this myself for this playthrough because i played this game like a year ago (laughs) so i've been mostly vicariously living through through ken's playthroughs that we kind of share stream them on on a discord call and and i'll watch ken play through them uh but i did not get to see ken play this particular section because it was out traveling and i'm just really i want to know like what it felt like to move through this section for you as you're kind of doing all this tech stuff that happens here. I think it felt a mix of emotions. Part of it was, and this was probably my fault for like not exploring the forest a little bit more before I started doing these things, because they're describing these events, and I don't really feel like I have a strong frame of reference for where I am at this point. Um, so when, not not even like violence, but like conflict is happening between near Vice and you know various things that we meet up in all these uh, text adventures, you know, I mean, it, it, it feels like, a, you know, like reading a book, like you're doing a lot of filling in the gaps yourself, and that's all well and good. And I think that's interesting, if not, cause I think, like, part of my, like, knee-jerk reaction was to be a little bit frustrated that a lot of the stuff was just being described to me through text all of a sudden, because the game had, up to this point, been showing me things. Like, and, I, and I had been watching things unfold, and, you, you know, you, you, when you start to wonder, like, was this a like, a deliberate design choice, or was it something maybe to, like, cut down on some of the animation work, and, uh, you know, like, was this kind of, like, a workaround to describe a story that they wanted to in a way that was easier, maybe a little bit easier on the budget? And so, like, I had a lot of these, th- those were my initial reactions to watching it all unfold, but then I remember, okay, this is just, just a thing that Nier does, that there's not necessarily uh, ulterior motives as to why they decided to format this way. Um, I do think, like, in premise, the idea of you being stuck in a dream that, like, you don't really remember ever falling into, because that's how most dreams work. Like, you kind of yeah. realize that you're, you're in a dream in the middle of it, as opposed to remembering how you got there. And that's, like, one of the ways that people say to, like, recognize that you're in a dream. Mm-hmm. And it's, so, like, those little details, I think, add up to something that I think is ultimately interesting in premise. I just don't really know that any individual moment of the narration, of the multiple choice answers, of the... I guess, like, what it says about the near universe. I don't think any of that stuff really necessarily stuck out to me more than me being... I think I might have liked the premise more than I do the execution. Um, and so I don't know if this, this kind of comes up again. Because, like, yeah, there, there's, like, so many, like, small moments that I think are interesting. Like, like the part where, like, Vi- Vice is arguing with the narrator. And that point where you start to realize that... Because, like, there, I remember there was a distinct point where I was reading the narration and then it, I started to realize that the characters were hearing the narration as they were going through the world and those little like meta moments were fun i i think the the part that always sticks out to me is number one the like just the presentation the idea of the forest of myth being like how do you represent 
a dream in this world. You could do a sort of thing where you're running around in a dream world and having to fight dream enemies or something like that. Mm. But turning it into this sort of wandering text adventure that doesn't really have sense to it, that doesn't really have, like, there, there's internal logic, but you are kind of injecting in as the outside force and trying to understand what is going on here uh, is is really cool. And then you're also trying to make sense of, I mean, there's an element to it of, is the the vice you're talking to even actual vice or is it like mm-hmm. the a dream version and and like it it all just feels very surreal in a really interesting way that I think sticks with me uh through most of this. And then also they're not super complex but I do like the riddles that we can do here. Sure. Uh and so I'm assuming you you did the thing to to free the villagers as well. You yep. you freed the the mayor and then the villagers. Mm-hmm. Um so the mayor one has the like one i think it's like one is safe two is ideal or one is lacking two is ideal three is dangerous what is it um and and you have to like figure out like oh it's a secret and all that i enter through the window but break no glass when night falls i vanish what am i all that Mm -hmm. uh so you do like some basic riddles but then you have this the section with another adventure or with another um with another villager and it's about an adventurer it's a text adventure and you do the like zork thing of oh you go in this direction and you go here and it's like a completely different style Mm -hmm. of story and then you go to another villager and it's a completely different one where you're doing kind of like a sphinx's riddle and stuff like that uh it's it's really cool i like it i think it's like different enough and also like it sticks around just long enough i think it would have been easy for it to get overwrought and sure. overdone, but I, I think it is like the right amount. Like like near replicant in its early moments is really good about giving you a thing, creating a vibe, creating a place, making that that place feel very distinct, very mm-hmm. um singular within the world, and then getting you out of there before it starts to like wear on. And I think that's something else I wanted to bring up too, is that like every area within near replicant feels very distinct. Like, Mm -hmm. like all of the towns, all of the areas you go to have this, they're, they all kind of fit within the world and they all kind of are these little, uh, spokes and, and, and pieces on the giant hub maps. It it has a very like Ocarina of time (laughs) construction, Mm -hmm. I would say, where you use like big, open world fields that have different uh, enclosures at different ends that you go to, to explore those towns. But I really love the way that while they all feel connected and part of the broader world, they all have a very distinct, different uh, town vibe when you go to them. You know, this, the seaport is completely different from here, the forest of myth, which has, even if the forest of myth didn't have this like death dream happening would still be, be like kind of a different vibe, a very dreamy vibe. Right. Uh, it, it's like kind of this, this forest town. You, you made a joke in the notes about it being Kakariko village, <laughs> but like, um, it also just has a very strange, mysterious, not quite otherworldly, but, but definitely like if, if weird stuff was going to happen, weird stuff is going to happen here, mm. you know? Um, and that's very different from the airy. It's very different from facade. I think we have like one more major biome that we're going to run into before we get to the 
what I will say is the big, big moment of the like first half of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that also has a completely different, distinct uh, feel to it. So I like that. I like that a lot about the Forest of Myth. Um, I don't know how much more there is to say about it because we kind of just do our text adventures and get out mm-hmm. of the dreams and help everybody out. And I think we learn a sealed verse along the way. Uh, and then we're like, cool, neat. Um, well, I'm glad everybody's not dead. And we leave the village and Kaine is, is there and it's kind of like, hey, uh, how, well, well, what was up? How's it going? And we decide to go back to, to Popola and, and be like, hey, we should we should just kind of like let them know what's going on. But um, it's it's kind of this almost problem of the week setup, mm-hmm. you know, uh, very Star Trek, very uh, episodic TV. And I kind of like that about the the early near stuff is is how it feels like we're always kind of bouncing out to these individual episodes of adventures. Right. Um, you also know I mean, the. the very, it, no, <laughs> no, go go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say like at, at the very least, like nothing has felt like short of the, the combat, like nothing we've done has felt like very derivative of everything else. That is something that I am at least taking note of because I even, I mean, it's been like six years since I played Automata. Like I feel like a lot of my memories of that game start to blend together at a certain point where I don't feel like that mm. has been the case for Replicant thus far. Yeah, yeah, I, mm, man, Ken, I'm just going to tell you now, this entire podcast, the entire first half of this podcast is just me sitting here like, don't worry, don't worry, just keep waiting, just keep waiting, Ken, I'm happy to tell you, we're really not that far away from where this is all going to start to click together, it's, 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 it's you're going to understand you will you will regret your words and deeds when when you know the reason behind uh why we are spending so much time in a tree with words uh mm-hmm. but seriously uh it, it is kind of fun doing this and just seeing like oh it's the forest of myth it seems really chill it's really casual nothing's really happening oh facade you know facade came and went you know all that kind of stuff and i the thing I wanted to check in with you about, because I, the second half of this episode is very, maybe the most basic, straightforward video game stuff we're going to do here. Uh, which maybe is the re- first part of the game that I've like actively disliked. Yeah. Repairing the canal is, is repairing the canal. <laughs> that was a, well, no, I mean, if you get, get to your question first, we'll get to the, to that, but yeah. Uh, it, it, how do you feel about like kind of the the broad story of near replicant like how I, let's let's check in i want to temp gauge you on where you're at with like the story of near replicant how do you feel about it so far i still feel like i don't really know what it is i mean i don't know like the the core like driving force for near is to save sister and like i'm, I'm into that uh i don't really think I am attached to anything in the way that, because I mean, like I, I, even even despite my issues with with Automata, like I was still like into like the very angsty, tragic story between Two B and Nine S, where mm-hmm. maybe she seemed to retain memories from things that were happening. Like she was like maintaining the emotional burden of everything they did. Where Two B got, or excuse me, Nine uh, S got kind of um, 
Like, did I, get, did I just get their fucking names mixed up? 2B is the one that's carrying the burden, the yeah, emotional burden, yeah. on yes. while well, 9S is... Not, not to not to like completely spoil the the thing that we are covering later in this podcast series, but that is that is exactly what is happening in in your automata. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like right now it is it it feels a bit more straightforward. It doesn't feel quite as like like I, again like I said like it doesn't feel like angsty in the same way that I'm drawn to an an automata. I am still very compelled by the like time skip that nobody seems to acknowledge that Nier doesn't seem to remember. Mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. that that still is like a mystery that hangs over this game that i am that i find maddening because like it feels like the game is constantly <laughs> acknowledging that it exists but nobody is actually outright saying it because he's like oh i'm too young to drink i was like no you aren't sir you are you're the like 500 times the age of a person that can drink and those like little mysteries are still like hanging above this game in a way that is to some degree compelling, but like I also don't feel like we're making any headway, and I think that's maybe like, mm. I mean, we're again we're only four episodes in, and but that's my feeling right now is that like, I feel like I'm just like, just kind of feel like I'm twirling my thumbs, I guess. This is kind of a tricky game to break up into, like, because one of the things we talked about going into the season was how do we break up these games in the way that we traditionally do? Because Bioware games, as as we've noted before, and even like more kind of chapter driven or lo location driven like last of us was very easy to break up into pieces um bioware games traditionally have been very easy for us to break up into pieces uh even if we were to do like a Baldur's gate 3 now that we've played through that game i think both of us can say that it would be pretty easy for us to kind of mm. segment that game out in certain ways uh to to hit certain story beats as we play through it uh near replicant isn't so much about how do you break it up? It's pretty, it was very easy to do that. Same with Nier Automata. The problem was more that like, I think especially with Nier Replicant, but honestly with both games, they are very much about their early mysteries that start to like, like once the, it, it kind of tugs on the thread. It like teases it. it. It like, you know, yanks it occasionally. But then the second that thing, comes loose the second it starts to actually unravel it just unspools fast and it, it mm -hmm. does not stop and it just keeps going until the whole sweater is done that was an elaborate sweater song reference but <laughs> it's uh it it's really fascinating to me because obviously like we we are both familiar with near automata we're going into it with an understanding of that text but you have not played replicant and so i'm kind of trying to coax you along and you know Granted, the, the beauty of this podcast is that you're full and committed, so you don't really have a choice, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it is really interesting to view it through your eyes because, yeah, at this point, I'm sitting there playing this game. I'm going, wow, there's there's a lot happening. There's there's a lot going on. Um, would really like to know more about the main plot that we have going on here. Mm -hmm. Would really love to to do that. And I, I think there's something about when I revisit this game now, I can appreciate the anthology part that is happening, the the like the segmented episodic part that is mm -hmm. happening early on. Uh that that is focused on that, the way that I will probably appreciate that more when I go back to Automata as well. But like when I talk about near Automata, the things that I always remember are the like you know, the route C stuff, the, the mm -hmm. like deep in the deep in the woods type stuff and not always the, 
I'm running over here to do this thing. I'm running across the desert to to go fight this robot and then run back. And and mm. the same is here in yeah. the replicant where now we've got to repair a freaking canal and mm. it's not exactly the individually by itself the most memorable thing. I really think this is a a quest that kind of shows the thing about near replicant which is that the the world and the stories that happen within it and the the people within it are kind of what drive the story as much if not more so than the actual story like like the a plot of what you are doing uh so yeah we've we've got to repair a canal to open up trade and travel for the village that po- and yes popola kind of de facto runs the village i, I saw your note that you are unclear about mm. whether popola is in charge what is of the, the government here i think it is a loose like not really a government i think they just have people who are kind of in charge and everyone sees devila and popola as like the leaders in some sense they seem to be able to guide people and and seem trustworthy so everyone just kind of listens to them and and there we go uh but the man who was supposed to help us uh repaired this canal so we could uh open up trade uh has not shown up so we gotta go find him in his red bag uh and we we take off to (laughs) um to go find that i i love your your note that uh Oh, this might be fast travel. Uh, Ken, I, I really regret to tell you, I, I don't think this is, I don't think this opens up fast travel, if I remember right. Does anything open up fast travel? Ken, I, I get used to running. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna really run, you gotta do the the quest where you learn how to ride the the goats and the boars and stuff, and that will let you uh, fast travel by just hopping on those things and blazing your way across the plains on your new mount uh that is that is the fast travel um anyways uh you also found big shade we love big shade big shades messed up isn't he oh man big shades a pain in the butt have we talked about mm-hmm. big shade on the pod yet? Yeah, yeah 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 we did oh man that guy's great i love him you haven't killed him yet i haven't tried since he mm. so mm. I mean, you, you don't get anything. You just get a lot of XP, but Great. it's historically useful in this game. Yeah, it's it's fun though. <laughs> uh, we head into the city, and a guy's freaking out about something. And he's, he's oh my god, my life is over. Oh my gosh. Um, but but near near has to get involved, even though Vice doesn't want to get involved with it. And uh, this guy's wife has been missing for a week. Um, she used to go enjoy. She used to enjoy going to the tavern and also keeps a red bag. Um, <laughs> you need to get with the times. Coordinated outfits are all the rage. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot about that line. Um, I will say, if she likes hanging out in the tavern, mm-hmm. why does the man not walk the hundred feet to his right? Because he can get check. you to do it. If I, If my wife was missing i would simply look for her instead of standing in place waiting for a white-haired anime boy to show up and walk the hundred feet to her favorite establishment well you can walk the hundred feet to the establishment to find out that she's not there and you should probably just keep looking around uh so you gotta go talk to more people you gotta talk to the tackle shop woman who hits on you 
which is a red flag. Mm-hmm. And then uh, hits you with another not old enough to drink. I love this. I love this. Your frustration. I can see it <laughs> building in the notes every time near turns down a drink. I love this for you. <laughs> the way the game keeps bringing attention to his age. I know something's up. Ken Ken is on the hunt. Detective <laughs> Ken is on the case. Um, But the woman at the tackle shop says the red bag lady said something about leaving town last time we spoke or she spoke. Sorry. Uh, So we leave seaport and right outside we find a shade that wife's mentions is odd. And when we defeat it, it drops a red bag. So we assume this means that the shades got to her. We take the bag back to the man and he starts crying and saying, this is all his fault. We can either ask him why he thinks that, or we could just leave. (laughs) <laughs> let's leave no i'm i'm so about some of the the wild choices that you can make in this game they're they're kind of bonkers uh and when he starts to answer he just keeps crying and then his wife shows up and she's very confused she just dropped the bag and lost it we fill her in on what happened and learn that the dude thought she left angry because he ate an apple that was hers uh I'm sorry I ate your plums. <laughs> they were in the log box. Um, she she has no idea what happened. She just taken off to see her parents. Uh, and now they just start fighting. Uh, and we can either let them bicker or we can watch the show. And Ken, who seems, for, for all the, the crap you gave about near getting involved in other people's lives, you are really just staying involved in this conversation here. <laughs> you just... Look, there was- with tea being served and the head <laughs> and you, you find out you're like who is wrong the bag loser or the apple eater uh incredible and now they just keep fighting and we get a one hour later and then it finally de-escalates when he's like oh hey i have a job now uh and now you're like okay well we we got the canal let's get repaired it's happening how do you feel about that whole endeavor, Ken? <laughs> that was like what like again, like it was the most blatant busy work we've done in this game, but it also like was not the the writing and what wasn't funny enough to make it anything better than that. Like it was like the most petty, like unfunny uh exchange that I think it's like although granted, come to think of it, like I'm trying to think short of like vice nears back and forth. And I mean uh-huh. it kinda of got something there too. Like I don't think the game's really been funny much mm. at all um which i mean you know might not be the vibe but when you've got like when you've got scenes like this that are so contingent on you being at least entertained by what's going on uh i think the that sort of a uh, lack of a funny bone for the lack of a better term is mm. very apparent uh because i just was like this felt like the biggest fucking waste of time the most video game ass video game shit uh that we've done so far in a game that, like, again, like, for all the stuff we were talking about, like, has a lot of moments where it does feel like every weird, like, side tangent you go on at least feels like it's giving you a better understanding of the world. And this was just, like, so blatant filler that it just, like, really stuck out to me, especially coming out, out of the Forest of Myth, which was very, you know, for, for whatever feelings I might have had on it, like, it was very distinct. It was very uh, interesting in the way that it shook up what we've been doing in the game the whole time. And this was just, like, why are we even... Here, like why did we need to make this trip to repair this canal why why could that not have just been like a, a thing that people told us what's happening and then we wouldn't handle something that actually mattered 
I think it's something interesting, and I have like a really out there, outlandish theory about it, but we can't talk about it until uh, probably sometime next year. That's how deep we're going to have to get into this game to talk wow. about it. <laughs> but uh, I do think on its head, uh, Nier has moments where it does feel like it's, it is just burning your time. It is just mm-hmm. eating your time alive. Uh, and the one thing I do like about moments like these is it makes the world really like interestingly mundane is the phrase I'm going to use. Cause like these are two people arguing about nothing. They're arguing about nothing. They're arguing to argue with each other. They're arguing for sport (laughs) and Mm. that is their relationship. And I think the thing that always struck me about this quest was that it all happens around a world where you had walked outside that Z port and assumed that this woman had been like mauled to death by angry shades outside the gates of their town and everything else about it seems so incredibly mundane. So everyday life that it just wears on you. And it's within this fantasy world that has stuff like that in it. And that's kind of what always sticks out to me is like, there there is life still happening in this world there are people sure. still doing this kind of annoying bullshit dance with each other even as this world is filled with monsters that i mean shades are kind of a big question mark at this point right like you know what shades are that they're the, these like creatures that don't seem naturally occurring Right. Like, like they, they're not like a goat. They, they don't have a place in like the ecosystem or the food web of the world. They're just kind of these monsters that seem to roam around and attack people. Right. Um, it's, it, it makes you go like, what is going on in this world that this is what we're dealing with? This is how this, this is what humanity is. And yet we can still kind of persist in some sort of normalcy, uh, even after yep. the, the the apparent fall of society has happened and been rebuilt from the ground up. I think, like, to, to bring it back to, like, we were talking about Persona at the beginning of yeah. this podcast, I feel like that is a series that really revels in the mundane, and I think, like, where mm-hmm. near is maybe trying to emulate that idea, it's, I, I think the issue for me is just, like, the writing does it's not hold up in to, like, elevate that kind of stuff, because I think, like, and I, I'm blanking on, like, a lot of the nuts and bolts of, like, how things are literally written in terms of, like, dialogue in Automata, but I feel like the broad strokes, like, the broad emotional strokes of that game very much held up to the point where even if the writing might not have been, you know, it might not have stuck out, like, on its face, like, I think the, the sort of uh, emotional core of those scenes is still, like, what kind of makes them still very memorable, makes them still, you know, in, in the face of what might not be as good of like a localization as other series like that at least still elevates those moments for me where i think this was just like the again like i go back to like it wasn't it wasn't even an entertaining scene it wasn't there there weren't really good jokes the entire thing was like petty in a way that like i didn't even buy and so i think like again like comparing it to persona where i think like it, it really feels like a lot of attention is brought to how even the most minute interaction of people that are just like going about their days is something that can still really stick out to you because just, like, the writing and the localization elevates it. And, yeah, so, like, I, I don't know if, like, the scene might have, like, read better in Japanese, in the original Japanese, but that was just, like, I think one of the biggest sticking points from here was, like, I just don't feel like 
I was even entertained by what was going on in a way that made it even feel worth doing. I think, I think it will start to, to click a little bit more in the next couple episodes. Mm. And, and to tease that out as we, we come back home, Popola is telling us that, or not Popola, Yona, Yona is telling us that, that she's got a pen pal that she's been writing to, a uh, a sick friend who's in trouble and and lives in a big house down south, um. And no matter what we say, we we need to, well, we need to help him out. So we're gonna go there next episode, and that will be next episode. Uh, and and one that I'm honestly looking forward to is maybe one of my favorite parts of this first part. Not to hype it up too much, but I do mm. I do quite like it. And we will be having a guest. Hey, it's been Hooray. a while, huh? <laughs> Finally. Um we'll be having the one and only Tatum on to uh to hang out with us and chat about the kid in the manor. Uh I'm really excited about that. Uh and that one might be coming up sooner than you think because we're we're kind of trying to record the next two episodes in a batch. Uh so no no promises yet on when that arrives, but it'll probably be not too long after this episode comes out. So uh look forward to that. But meanwhile, you know, near replicant, I think this is maybe the most noticeable lull, the most noticeable mm-hmm. dip in the in the story as we're kind of trying to, to spin up and understand what's going on. I promise. I promise, Ken. <laughs> I prom I'm looking at the schedule ahead. I'm looking at this. It will all make sense. It will all come together. In fact, we're I just realized we're gonna be like finishing this game within the span of like the end of this year. And I'm very excited for that because the second we hit a certain point in this story, it is just going to be like all gas just Mm. slamming on this vehicle uh, in a way that I'm very excited for you. (laughs) (laughs) If you can't tell from my tangible excitement here, (laughs) Uh, but for, for those of you at home, uh listening i hope you've been enjoying the ride too uh enjoying you know normandy fm as as we do this as we enjoy doing this ourselves if you want to support us and help us out you can head to patreon.com slash normandy fm and check us out there as always you can find me on the website that is falling apart at cmoosey and ken is at shepherd cdr and you can follow us there as well as our our account at normandy fm show uh we're we're kind of all around so just Follow us wherever you follow things and, you know, share us around, you know, put reviews down. Good reviews. Only good reviews. Not the weirdo that doesn't understand why Ken doesn't like Dragon Age. We made a whole <laughs> podcast explaining why Ken doesn't like Dragon Age. You should listen before you comment, my dude. <laughs> Anyways, for Ken, for myself, we will catch you next. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Did I forget we something? Get, we got to do the shadows. We got to do the shout the thing that I keep forgetting that we do because <laughs> we're pretty Why bad. We're... Yeah, we're pretty bad at this. Uh, I'm assuming the list in our in our little list is, is up to date. Yeah, we're good. Well, then, if you back at the highest tier on our on our Patreon, you get your name shouted out each episode. And for this episode, that list is. John Warren, Andrea Sheeran, Joshua Jarvis, Seth Pitts, Darius Pippins, Shane Erickson, Cypress Catwell, and Christoph Weiss. Thank you all so much for contributing and helping us do what we do here. It rules. So for now, for realsies, for Ken, for myself, 
for all of you listening at home. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on Normandy FM.